0: The words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. John Grisham's latest bestseller, The Reckoning, features a description of the Bataan Death March in the Philippines. When exhausted American prisoners of war were beaten, abused, starved and murdered by the Japanese conquerors of that land at that time during the Second World War. A dreadful tale of torture and brutality and inhumanity. And as they struggled to survive those soldiers on that death march, a key element that shaped whether you made it through or not was if you kept hope alive. Giving up hope that it might change, that you might have a future, that you'll get through this, meant you were lost. Pete watched men give up and die, says Grisham. And in several occasions, he was tempted. Giving up was painless, while living meant waking up to live in hell another day some were determined to cling to all hope and survive whatever the enemy threw at them while others grew too weary from the suffering and closed their eyes it was the hope that kept you alive in his book man's search for meaning the classic tribute to survival The psychiatrist Viktor Frankl, a Holocaust survivor, describes poignantly how in the concentration camp, inmates who gave up on life, who lost all hope for a future, were inevitably the first to die. They died less from lack of food or lack of medicine than from lack of hope, the lack of something to live for. The tiniest ray of hope, The rumour of better foot, the whisper of an escape, kept people going, even under systematic horror. But prisoners did not live very long after all hope was lost. I remember the second film I ever saw in 3D, you know, with the special red glasses on. It was that astonishing film, Gravity. And you, you felt as if you were in the movie, and there was stuff flying at you from outer space. It was amazing, gripping. I've no idea how they did it. Without giving too much away, the pivotal moment in the narrative comes when the astronaut, marooned out in the empty reaches of space, out of radio contact, alone, when she begins to lose hope, that's when it all turns to mush. Statistics suggest that you can as a human being, live for about 40 days without food, for about 3 days without water up to 8 minutes without air but we don't live very long without hope so we do well never to underestimate the power of hope and the devastating impact that occurs when that hope is lost Just four letters and yet a big word for our world, for our own lives. And a big word for the Bible too. The Advent season, our Advent candle ring reminds us that the Old Testament people lived in the hope of deliverance from the back-breaking humiliation of slavery in Egypt. They had a dream, they they looked in hope for a land of their own, a promised land where they could worship and live in peace. And then when they found it, only to have it snatched from them by invading armies who ravaged their country and carried them off into exile, they had to start hoping all over again. To hope against hope, that somehow or other they might get back next year, next year in Jerusalem, they said. In the end they came to hope for a helper who would come to them and rescue them from all these people who were oppressing them and beating them down. A Messiah sent from God who would lead them out of the deep valley of despair into the bright light of hope. The Bible resounds to the words of hope spoken by the great prophets of Israel who in contradiction to the bitter realities all around them Dared to speak a word to the beleaguered people assuring them that God had not, would not, could not forget about them abandon them the prophets brought a word to individuals who wondered what the future held for them, assuring them of God's company on the road his ultimate control over their destiny they brought a word to the whole of creation That God was Lord of all and would not see his purposes thwarted. The Old Testament is riddled with, replete with, awash with hope. The Bible is the word of hope. And still is for our modern developments, for all of them, hope is still the resource for our coping mechanisms as we feel the weight of events crushes the conspiracies of mother nature to wreak havoc fire and flood to flush our best dreams down the toilet the unspeakable capacities within men and women to hurt and damage and bruise and wound and betray and we have to keep hoping that we will come through that Things will change, things will get better. This horror story of history is surely not the last and only commentary on humanity and its future. There is hope, isn't there? That the intractable problems that have haunted the decades and the generations will be resolved and there'll be an end to poverty and fighting and all those social issues. Past, present and future will be dealt with effectively in the world, will be flooded with light. Some hopes. Some hopes. So, what, what are you hoping for this Christmas? The British ambassador to the United States was asked by a journalist what he was hoping for this Christmas. He gave his answer and was embarrassed to read in the press the next day that while the Dutch ambassador was hoping this Christmas for world peace, and the Canadian ambassador was hoping this Christmas for a cure for malaria, and the Spanish ambassador was hoping this Christmas for an end to world poverty, apparently the British ambassador, British ambassador was hoping this Christmas for a silk tie, some Ralph Lauren aftershave, and a new fluffy bathrobe. We could all cobble together a Christmas wish list for tomorrow's world, one that describes our, our personal dreams and aspirations. Hopes for the economies and the ecology of the world, longings for racial harmony, health and education, opportunity for all, an end to the hatreds that blight our world and mock the potential within our communities. Some hopes, say the cynics, who see hope as the, the last refuge of the terminally naive. Hope is for kids, get real. Hope is for losers goes the litany of negativism. While on the other side, there are those who see hope as in fact a crucial fundamental element in human existence. The absence of which, the absence of which is the beginning of the end. Experience of real life would seem to suggest that far from hoping, being some kind of childish escape hatch, It's actually basic to our emotional survival. Like the prayer on the wall of a prison cell in Cologne written by a Jew awaiting death. I believe in the sun even when it's not shining. I believe in love even when I cannot feel it. I believe in God even when he is silent. I got a sense of how true that is at a French funeral not so long ago. Somehow in the middle of, of all the sorrow and the loss, those closest to the pain managed to sing Praise My Soul, the King of Heaven. Standing inches from the coffin of the person they loved, sustained by the hope that this was not the end of the story, the final verdict on that life. And these were not people clinging by their fingertips to some Notion, but a resolute, firm hope in something, in someone, it was transforming. I was there and I felt it and it made that day different because it was there. (coughs) Previous generations knew all, all about the power of hoping. Imagine you were living through the war and it was three years into the war. My goodness, you were hoping it would end. And peace would come. This can't go on. This can't go on. People facing economic ruin in the 20s. This will change. Those enduring the plagues that ravaged Europe. The plague will run its course. A A new tomorrow will come. A new tomorrow will come. Different times, different hopes. Keeping a hesitant, trembling, flickering light still shining in the dark. But, but what's it really worth? What was it worth then? What's it worth now? Are we just talking kidology here? Is, is this placebos? Worthless words of counterfeit comfort? Keep, keep your chin up. Cheer up. Is that what the prophets of Israel were saying to the people out there in exile? Are those who hope in God simply running away from reality? Like children hiding under the blankets, hoping the bogeyman called the way life really is will go away? Are we buying into a lie? Too scared to question the sacred conspiracy and stand on our own? The crucial question in all of this is who is saying these words of hope? Who is offering the word of hope? Who is the guarantor? That's a million dollar question. Who speaks? Who's making this promise? Politicians eager for our vote? Entrepreneurs eager for our custom? In this case, it is the God of the Old Testament who assures us that our hope is not groundless. That it's grounded in his truth and his character. The same God who, by the way, has a record of delivering on his promises. Whose word bears scrutiny. The tiny nation of Israel, remember them and and their encounters with God. That reveal his faithfulness and his integrity. As time and again he carries through on his word. They find release from slavery. Against all the odds. They make their way through the wilderness to the promised land and settle there. Just like they always hoped they would. They come home from exile against all reasonable expectation from the terrible captivity in Babylon. So that when this same Lord who promised those things and delivered on those promises says his Messiah will come. His Messiah will come. The Word of God made concrete as Christ comes to us in flesh and blood, and God is revealed to be true to His Word. This is the guarantor as Christ comes and taps on the shoulder of our world and says, Here I am with you always. And this is the one to whom we bring the wounded and waiting world. This is the one whom we bring to that wounded and waiting world. With all its emptiness and lostness and its attempts to be happy. In that frantic, frantic way people try to disguise the pain that's deep down inside them. The church doesn't bring packed solutions to the crisis. No slick deals, no economic miracles, no unwieldy moral imperatives. We just bring Christ, the hope of every individual and the hope of all the nations. And we say to people, you are safe in his love. You can build your life on the foundation of what he teaches and who he is, and the fact that he walks with you on the journey. Of course, the truth is we're we're still in the space between, are we not? We're in that place they call living in hope. The space between how it is and how it will be. Who we are and who we will be. The now and the not yet. By its very nature, hope is about what will be. Not what is. We're not yet perfect. We're not yet enjoying the glory of heaven. The kingdom of God has not yet arrived in all its fullness. But we live in the powerful hope that one day these things shall be because he says they shall one day we will know the cleansing glory of heaven and be caught up in his kingdom of peace and that means two things it means that we can live differently now we're people of hope, we can live differently now transformed and released and empowered by that hope that is in us, we are citizens of heaven We are citizens of heaven. We're not engaged in a hopeless struggle. We can enjoy the strengthening promises of God that hold us fast and give us his peace. Because we know that by his grace we are changing and being changed. We are waiting and hoping and hoping and praying. And so we can be a different kind of community in the church. Able to take risks in loving and service because the future is secure in Him. And the second thing it means is that we have an obligation laid upon us, a holy obligation, to share that message of hope with a hurting world. We have truth that can chase away the darkness. We light the candle of hope. We don't cling to that truth and hold it jealously to our chest. Lucky old us, we've got the truth, we know the answer. On the contrary, it is our holy and glorious calling to lift that truth high, that truth that sets people free. And light the candle that will shatter the darkness world needs us to be who we are, the calm people of God, whose trust is in him and whose hope burns bright into the new time. This is our privilege, our responsibility, our opportunity and our duty. This is our calling,